Welcome to the old radio. The the old radio. The old the old. Ra- It's the old radio comedy podcast. Welcome to episode 38 of the old radio comedy podcast and another hump day happy hour edition. I hope everyone is staying safe and sane. Today, we're bringing you back-to-back episodes from that great classic radio comedy, My Friend Irma. The show featured Marie Wilson as the title character and was so popular during the late 40s that it spawned a TV show, a comic book, and a comic strip. It ran from April 11, 1947 to August 23, 1954. And if you'd like a little more background on the show, you can listen to episode 4 of this podcast where I go into a little more detail. Now sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. We'll bring you the June 13th and December 1st, 1947 broadcasts of My Friend Irma right after this message. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Columbia Broadcasting System presents a new comedy. My Friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane with John Brown as Al. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship. When other friendships have been forgotten, theirs will still be hot. My Friend Irma. I live with my friend Irma. She's my roommate, and I love her. I wouldn't trade Irma for the world, but we have our difficulties, because it just so happens that she's not the brightest girl in the world. Like, for instance, the other day I said, Irma, I see where they're going to make military service compulsory. And Irma said, I don't think that's fair. A girl shouldn't have to go out with a sailor unless she wants to. (laughs) See what I mean? That, my friends, is one of Irma's more logical remarks. But it is her deeds rather than her words that strike consternation in the human heart. Well, it was shortly before noon, I was listening to the radio. And fellow citizens, I'm happy to say that the Better Business Bureau and the police department are waging a campaign to stamp out the racketeers who rent stores on 2nd Avenue, fill them with worthless merchandise, and sell them to unsuspecting citizens. This campaign will chase those fakers from 2nd Avenue. Well, that's good news. Of course, only a moron would buy there. Oh, Irma, where have you been? Shopping on 2nd Avenue. (laughs) Oh, no. Why, is something wrong? I don't know yet. What did you buy? A fur coat. It only cost me $80, and it's worth $5,000. Who told you it was? The man who sold it to me. (laughs) 
Oh, and I know he's honest because he had it appraised. By whom? His brother. <laughs> Irma, let me see the coat. All right, I'll put it on. Despite the fact that I am a comparatively young girl, I've seen many strange things in my lifetime. Yes, I've even seen a bus run into a truck full of live chickens. And the result was sheer beauty compared to what my eyes are now trying to tell me. <laughs> there stands Irma in front of the mirror, admiring herself. Her petite figure is completely draped in a strange sort of fur that can best be described as resembling heavy mildew. <laughs> Nothing is visible above the shaggy collar except the back of her little blonde head. And the entire picture reminds one of an abandoned egg in an old nest. <laughs> to add to this deathless picture, the electric fan is on and the fur is flying all over the room. For a moment, I have a terrible sensation that Irma is being plucked. <laughs> but I must have been warped completely out of focus because she turned away from the mirror triumphantly and said, Well, Jane, have you ever seen anything like it in your life? How do you like it? <laughs> Lovely! When can you take it back? Take it back? Why? Well, first of all, honey, it's much too big. I know, but the man said after it's washed, it will shrink. <laughs> honey, it's not even fur. It's shedding all over the place. Well, that's the kind of animal it is. The man said it loses its fur in the summer, but it will grow back in the fall. <laughs> Irma, can't you see you've been swindled? How can you say that when I only paid $80 for a genuine mink-dyed squirrel-colored caracal beaver? <laughs> Honey, that many animals haven't gotten together since they walked into Noah's Ark. <laughs> Besides, where did you get the $80, Irma? Jane, I... Oh, no, what? sweetie. You didn't use your half of our vacation money. Yes, I did, Jane, but... You can go away by yourself. Oh, Irma, you know I wouldn't go on a vacation to the Thousand Islands without you. How could you do a thing like this without consulting me? Well, Jane, I wanted a fur coat because you have a nice fur coat. Oh, I know, honey, but I made certain I got a good one. Took me three years to save $400 so I could get a good Persian lamb. I, I want you to have a good coat, too, but how could you buy that, that decomposed haystack? <laughs> Uh, I wanted to have something extra nice to wear when I go out with Al. Oh, Al, Al. Mm -hmm. For the life of me, I don't even know why you go with him. He has no job, no money, no clothes, no car, no prospects, and no future. I know, but I have to stick by him in case things get tough. <laughs> well, you've got to take the coat back. Come in. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al. You know, Al, this is the first time you've called Irma Chicken that she was dressed for the occasion. What's up? Al, Irma bought a new coat on 2nd Avenue. Oh, is that what it is? I never seen fur like that. Why, when I first walked in, I thought she was tarred and feathered. <laughs> Chicken, how could you buy it? I think you've been swindled. Oh, no, I got a 30-day guarantee. Oh, what's it say? Well, I, I didn't have a chance to open it. I'll read it now. Well, I'm glad to know you were smart enough to ask for a guarantee. Read it, baby. A 30-day guarantee. We guarantee that June has 30 days. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised they even put that in writing. Come in. Hello, everybody. Tell me. Say, Jane, 
Does Mrs. O'Reilly know about this? What? You're keeping a dead grizzly bear in the apartment? (laughs) (laughs) Professor Kropotkin, that's Irma. She bought a fur coat. Irma, why didn't you ask me? From far as I know, animals like that I have never seen. (laughs) Well, the man told me they're very rare. They hide in the woods. Could be. If I looked like that, I would hide too. (laughs) Irma, darling, don't wear it. You'll be risking your life. What do you mean? You'll put it on, you'll go outside. A dog will chase you up a tree. (laughs) You know, Professor, you'd think she'd know better. I've told her a dozen times if she wants to shop to use my charge account. After all, that's what a charge account is for. To send things back. And Second Avenue, of all places. Even the cops are afraid to shop there. Second Avenue, what they did to me. I remember I just came off the boat. I went to Second Avenue for a suit. What a suit. They sold me red pants and a blue jacket. (laughs) Well, you couldn't wear that. Of course not. Olga had a white dress. When we walked down the street, everybody's a loser. (laughs) But Kropotkin, they can't fool. I said, gentlemen, this is one monkey you don't give the business to. I may be a foreigner, but I know what they are wearing. I demand satisfaction. Did you get it? Certainly. Have you seen my purple sports jacket with the yellow knickerbocker? <laughs> a standoff. <laughs> well, Irma, my personal feeling is that you got taken advantage of. But that's the tragedy of life. Goodbye. Gee, Professor Prokopkin didn't like the coat either. Yeah, I know, honey, but that's why we have to get your money back, you see. I realize that there are some very legitimate stores on 2nd Avenue. You, you just happen to have gotten stung. Now, what was the name of the store where you bought this glorified throw rug? Boothby's. Square Deal Boothby's. It's an established firm. See, it says on the box, established June 1947. <laughs> what time? Oh, Jane, I don't know what you're driving at Because I know that Mr. Boothby is honest When I gave him the money, he didn't even ask for a receipt Irma Oh, Irma, you've been swindled But but I know who'll get us action on this Come on, Irma Come on, Al We're going right over to the Better Business Bureau Well, the three of us got on the truck Al, myself, and Irma With the coat on her arm. At first, the trolley was crowded. Presently, the rays of the sun beating down on the fur seemed to cause a strange chemical reaction, and pretty soon we had the trolley to ourselves. <laughs> we were completely alone except for the motorman who insisted on driving with his head out of the window. <laughs> all in all, it was a great day for the bus lines. Presently, we arrived at the offices of the Better Business Bureau. All right, chicken, there's the bureau. You know what to tell them. Well, Jane, uh, maybe you better rehearse me again. All right, honey, now listen. You just go in and you tell them that this man, Boothby, sold you a decrepit, moth-eaten coat and you want him brought to the attention of the police as it is too awful to walk down the street in. Got it? Got it. Also, chicken, tell them you are a working girl and a citizen and cannot afford to pay for a coat whose hair is already falling out. Got it? Got it. Yeah. Now, don't get excited. Let's go in. What can I do for you, miss? This man, Boothby, sold me a fur coat that is worthless and too awful for a working girl who's decrepit and wathy. <laughs> what? I am a citizen and my hair is falling out. And 
When I walk down the street, I don't get any attention from the police. <laughs> Chicken, please. You see, the, the kid's a little confused. I'll explain it to you straight so you'll understand. The doll here was ankling down 2nd Avenue, eyeing the what gives in the windows. And she had snatched away 80 clamps for the high ups. When this con merchant heaves her an old clip and jolts of her four double sawbucks. You got it? Is there anyone in the crowd who speaks English? Well, I'm not so sure, but I'll try. You see, my roommate, Miss Peterson, bought this coat on 2nd Avenue for $80, and I think it's a disgrace, and I want you to do something about it. Uh, let me see that coat. I've never seen fur like this before. Well, there's no need for further discussion. We'll put a man on the case, and you take the coat back to Boothby's and get your money back. You tell him we're investigating him. Oh, thank you, sir. I don't know how to repay you. Are you allowed to take tips? Oh, no, thanks. Well, uh, there must be something I can do. Have you any children? Yes. Good, I'll send you a card on Father's Day. <laughs> Bless you. Next. Irma, there's the door. Let's tiptoe out. Hurry, chicken. You can grab that trolley and take the coat back. I'd go with you, but I got a big deal brewing. Well, see you later. All right, Al, so long. Gee, I don't know. Maybe I should go with you, honey. Oh, now, Jane, don't worry. I'll get every penny of that $80, and we'll be able to go on our vacation like we planned. Good. But, honey, don't take a check. Think I'm a fool? I'll insist on cash, three tens and two fives. Irma, that's 40. Get 80. Oh, uh, all right. And if I need a witness, I'll have his brother counted. <laughs> Well, an hour passed. I was in the apartment waiting for Irma to return. Presently, Al returned. He had a new business proposition. Painting pigeons and selling them for pheasants. <laughs> well, naturally, I wasn't interested. I was waiting for Irma to come home with the $80. Presently, the door slowly opened. It was Irma. Hello, Irma. Hello, Jane. Well, honey, I see you got rid of the coat. Yes, I did. Did Mr. Boothby give you back your $80? No, he couldn't. Why not? I lost the coat. Chicken, how? Oh, I don't know. I had so many, so many things on my head, and I forgot it and left it on the trolley when I got off. Oh, Irma, how could you? <laughs> That's right. Two of you pick on me. Did I do a crime? Haven't either of you ever been absent-minded? Well, yes, honey, but how long can you be absent? <laughs> Now, 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 wait a minute. Let, let's not pick on her. It, it could have happened to anybody. It's just that we're in bad shape because the Better Business Bureau fixed things up for us. Now we haven't got the coat to return. Oh, instead of fighting among ourselves, Al, call up the lost and found department of the trolley company. No good. Never get service over a phone. Only one thing to do. We go down to the car barn and frisk the trolleys as they come in. Al? What, chicken? Have you lost faith in me? Oh, no, baby. People make mistakes. They're human beings. And you're entitled to the same consideration. Oh, gee, I'm glad you said that, Al, because I couldn't let a man love me who hated the sight of me. He... Well, now I think I know why Romeo and Juliet killed themselves. Come on, let's get going. Well, here we are at the car barn. I don't know how to describe it. You ever spent a warm, languid June evening under a full moon at midnight in a car barn? You haven't? My friend's life has passed you by. Words can never capture the true color of the scene. 
Red trolley's going out, green trolley's coming in, and once in a while for a shocker, they sneak in a yellow one. <laughs> but Irma's coat must be found. Al? Yes, Jane? Any trace of the coat? Not even a whiff. Oh. We've been here two hours, and my feet are just killing me. Irma, think. Can you remember the number of the trolley? No, I can't. But now I know why. Why? It wasn't a trolley. It was a bus. Oh, well, I'll, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I'll take a, an adrenaline or something. And time is a great healer. We're home again, a little shaken by Irma's admission. It's after midnight, and there's just no point in going to the bus terminal because I know that after we're there for a few hours, Irma will turn to me and say, You know, Jane, it wasn't a bus. It was a ferry boat. But as ridiculous as it sounds... Al has come up with the one solution. Kids, I got it. We'll put an ad in the paper. Where's the pencil? Oh, here. Lost. One fur-bearing coat. Well, uh, you'd better describe it. The papers wouldn't print it. Please, I'm trying to write the ad. Lost. One fur coat on bus. Will you hurry, Al? This has got to make the morning edition. Okay. Lost. Fur coat. Fantastic reward. Al, fantastic must mean at least $20. Gotcha. Lost. Fur coat. Liberal reward. Well, that means money, too. Gotcha. Lost. Fur coat. Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> Just say reward. Got it all. Return to Irma Peterson, 8224 West 73rd Street. I'll get it right to the paper. Swell. Now, Al, if you'll excuse me, I'll say goodnight to the both of you and go to bed. I'm rather exhausted. This entire day and night is something I'll look back on and laugh rather hysterically about, you know. <laughs> good night. Oh, good night and sleep well, Jane. Good night, Jane. Uh, see me to the door, chicken. Sure, Al. Al, do you think somebody will read the ad in the paper and return the coat? Why, certainly, honey. You'll have it in the morning. Al, uh, good night, chicken. Aren't you going to kiss me? Oh, sure. Gee, Al, when you kiss me, I lose all my senses. Look, chicken, don't go pinning no rap on me. <laughs> Good night. Well, the following morning, I wasn't due at work until 9.30, so I waited around to see if anyone answered the ad about Irma's lost coat. I was sure if anyone found the coat, we were bound to get it back because nobody in their right mind would keep it. Answer the door, honey. It may be someone returning the coat. Oh, all right. Oh, I better get the reward. Where are those cookies I baked? Irma, this calls for a reward, not a penalty. Come in. How do you do? I'm Mrs. Louise Cartwright. In my daily scrutiny of the newspapers, I talked across your advertisement, and it may solve my dilemma. What do you mean? Yesterday, I was cruising down Madison Avenue in our open town car. I find it so much easier to dock in and out of traffic with the small car, when suddenly something came flying into the car and landed prone on my dear husband. And for moments, he was loath to part with it because it was the first time in years he had hair on his head. <laughs> That's my coat. Well, here it is. And it's been quite an experience. Uh, there, there's a $10 reward. Oh, my dear, I don't need the money. <laughs> but I have a suggestion. Why don't you give it to some worthy charity like the Park Avenue Kennel Club for the Preservation of Underfed French Poodles? <laughs> They're wonderful work they are doing, and every little bit helps. Good day. Oh, Jane, isn't it wonderful? I've got my coat back, and now I'm going right down and get my $80. Hello? Who? Oh, oh, yes, Better Business Bureau. Yes, we, we have the coat, and we... Uh, what? Oh, no. 
I see. Well, thanks. Irma, the coat is yours for keeps. Mr. Boothby has left town and the police are after him with a warrant for swindling a hundred people. What a stupid businessman. That's no way to build up goodwill. <laughs> you know what this means, Irma. No $80, no vacation. Well, Jane, you can go. Oh, honey, I told you I wouldn't go without you. Hiya, chicken. What's up, Jane? I'm late for work, Al. Irma will tell you. And Irma, when you hang that coat up, keep it away from my Persian lamb. I don't want my coat to catch the mange. <laughs> I'll be seeing you. Chicken, what happened? Oh, Al, Boothby left town. Oh, well, don't cry, Chicken. There's only one guy who can help. Well? Who but... Hello, Joe. Al, got a fur coat to get rid of. Huh? Is it hot? Well, frankly, it's not so hot. You bought it on 2nd Avenue. Now, don't hang up, Joe. How can I get 80 bucks for this coat? Huh? Put 40 in each pocket. <laughs> Joe, this is an emergency. What can we do? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Thanks, Joe. Chicken, our problem is solved. Well, how? We raffle off the coat by selling tickets around the neighborhood at a buck a throw. Well, is that honest? Of course, Chicken. No matter how you look at it, this coat is worth a buck. Even if you only hang it in the window to frighten off prowlers. <laughs> now, listen to me, Irma. We print 120 tickets, get back our 80, give 40 to charity. You know that orphanage down the street. How about that? Well, gee, Al, that'll be sweet, giving our money to charity. I like that. Chicken, we're clicking now. Gotta print the tickets. Where's that pencil? Well, Al, would Jane think it's all right? Honey, you know the faith Jane has in us. You know what she thinks about the two of us. Yes, I know. Well, here's the pencil. Anyhow, Al, I like to live dangerously. <laughs> now, monster raffle. Well, Al, do you think we ought to describe the coat in the first line? Get your point. Scratch out the monster. Make it grand raffle. Attention, men. Does your wife always talk about a fur coat? Take a chance on this one. It will leave her speechless. A genuine, mink-dyed, squirrel-colored, caracal beaver. Figure it out, men. You can't go wrong at two bits an animal. <laughs> Got it? Got it. Hey, come in. Irma, keep printing the ticket. Oh, hello, Kropotkin. Uh, how would you like to buy a ticket for a raffle? Oh, yes, Professor. Please take one. This raffle is to get rid of my coat. Oh, your coat, Irma. Who is sponsoring this raffle? The Board of Hell? <laughs> Professor, part of this money is for charity. Remember, it's better to give than receive. I agree with you. A coat like that is better to give than receive. <laughs> but, Irma, if it will help you get back your money, I'll buy one. Yeah, thanks, but we also want you to sell some. So you take 30, I'll sell 30, Mrs. O'Reilly will take 30, and Irma will sell 30. How can I sell 30? I haven't got that many enemies. <laughs> sell them to your friends and end the shortage. <laughs> Then tomorrow, the four of us meet, and we have the grand drawing. Well, when I got back home, I was just deliriously happy at the prospect of the wonderful summer that Irma had made possible for us. Now, I can just see the two of us. Me and my Persian lamb, and Irma and that Australian sheepdog wafting the cool breezes under the 3rd Avenue L. Come in. 
How do you do? You remember me? Oh, yes. Yes, you're Mr. Gerard of the Better Business Bureau. That's right. I know you'll be glad to know that we've located Square Deal Boothby. We found him in Newark, and we plan to take action against him. Oh, that's fine. Now, uh, we need that coat for evidence. Uh, we've been trying to nail this Boothby for a long time, so we'll gladly pay you what you paid for the coat. Here, here's $80. Oh, this, this just solves everything. Here's the coat, Mr. Gerard. Thank you. Good heavens, it's still shedding. Uh, yeah, you, you better hurry. By the time you get to Newark, you'll have nothing but the lining. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, Chicken, it's been a pretty tough day, but we did it. All tickets are sold, and I've already told the orphanage. Now, let's go in and break the good news to Jay. Hello, Jane. I have wonderful news for you. Oh, I've got wonderful news for you, too, honey. So let me tell mine first, huh? All right. Ladies first. Thank you. <laughs> well, our, our problems are over. We just sold that terrible coat to the Better Business Bureau for $80. Isn't that a lucky break? Huh? <laughs> what are you two hawing about? Tell her, chicken. Gentlemen first. Okay. Jane, we got to have that coat. I don't understand. We're raffling it off in ten minutes. Sold 120 chances. Given 40 bucks to an orphanage. Oh, no. Who, who bought the tickets? Well, all our neighbors and the policemen on the beat. Oh, the police. Well, gee, we could still have our raffle if we could only lay our hands on a coat. Well, kids, there's only one thing to do. You'll have to raffle off my Persian lamb coat. Oh, but, Jane, it's your good coat. It took you three years to buy it. I know it, honey, but I'd rather be covered with respect than with Persian lamb. Oh, thanks, Janie, but there ain't no need to do that. Tell you what we'll do. Irma and me will go out and return all the money and explain that the raffle was called off because the coat was perishable and it died before we could get it here. <laughs> and the orphanage still gets the $40 that you promised him. Oh, but that means we'll only save half our vacation money. Well, it can't be helped, honey. A promise is a promise. Jane? Yeah? We can still go to the Thousand Islands on half our money. How? We'll only visit 500 of them. <laughs> well, Irma got home late that night from returning the raffle money, and she was very excited. She said, Jane? Yeah? Guess what happened? The oddest coincidence. I met Mr. Boothby, and he looks just wonderful in a beard. Irma, the police of two states are looking for Mr. Boothby. How were you able to recognize him, especially if he was wearing a beard? Oh, it was easy. I can spot a faker now. He was selling wristwatches for a dollar. Oh, yeah. Still trying to fool the people, is he? Yes, worse than ever. Look, this watch he sold me doesn't even glow in the dark. <laughs> and that's how it's been, and I think how it's always going to be with my friend Irma. <laughs> Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap that gives you a wonderful new kind of suds, presents... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten. Theirs will still be hot. My friend, Irma. Oh, 
went to school, I studied French, Spanish, and Latin. I always thought Latin was the most difficult thing to understand. Then I met my friend Irma. Now, don't get me wrong, because me, Jane Stacy, I love that girl. It's only that she... Well, for instance, the other night I was reading the evening paper and I said, Irma, honey, imagine a man 84 years old just became a father for the first time. And Irma said... 84 years? Gee, what a long honeymoon. (laughs) I'll take Latin every time. Right now, Irma's staring at the calendar. Her watch has stopped, so she's probably trying to figure out what time it is. Irma, what's on your mind? Oh, Jane, honey, I just checked the calendar, and do you know today is one year since we started rooming together? A year already? Gee, I can't believe it. Let's see. Oh, of course, the 1st of December. We'd both agreed to share this room. Mrs. O'Reilly said the rent would be $25 for the two of us, and you asked her to please make it 30 because you didn't know what half of 25 was. <laughs> well, in those days, I was much younger, didn't know as much as I do today. Yeah, yeah, honey. Yeah, you've come a long way. Oh, thank you. Uh, But, Jane, we just can't ignore an anniversary. Uh, We should have some kind of a celebration. I know, I'll buy you a present. Oh, no, honey, it's not necessary. I appreciate the thought, but you don't. I'll get it. Hello? Hello, Jane. Oh, Richard. Jane, would you mind doing me a favor? I'm away from the office, and I'm going to need some petty cash for this evening. So I've asked Peggy, you know, from the accounting department... Yeah. ...to drop $100 off at your apartment on her way home. Is that all right? Oh, sure, sure. I'll be glad to keep it for you. Oh, thank you very much. I'll be by to pick up the $100 later. Bye. Bye, Richard. Uh, anything wrong, Jane? No, dear, it was Richard. He's coming by later. Let's see, now, what were we talking about? Our anniversary. Gee, Jane, remember the fun we had when we first moved in together? Ah, I'll never forget it, Irma. We couldn't decide who would sleep in the bed by the window, so you tossed a nickel. It flew out of the window, was picked up by a fellow who was walking past. He brought it up to find out how big a reward we'd give. (laughs) Yes, wasn't that a romantic way to meet my boyfriend, Al? (laughs) Well, to me, it just goes to prove that if you don't hold on to your money, you can get into all kinds of trouble. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. We were just talking about you. Ain't got no time for no chit-chat. Working on the hottest deal of my life. Oh, Al, not another deal. What happened to that wonderful process you had for removing the name from hotel towels? (laughs) Didn't work. Removed too much of the towel. In fact, was left with nothing but the name. But can't miss with my new deal. What is it, Al? Have an invisible ink for printing the answers in school books. Can only be can only be read with special glasses. But Al, won't the teachers find out? The glasses will only be made in junior sizes. <laughs> oh, Al, you're wonderful. Gee, Jane, is it any wonder Al's my everything? Don't worry, you won't always be that poor. <laughs> oh, please, Jane, don't insult Al on our anniversary. Anniversary? Chicken, is there something about us I should know? Oh, not me and you, Al. It's Jane and I. We've been rooming together one year today. Well, this calls for a celebration. Why don't you girls make me a dinner? <laughs> no, no, we want this day to be different. You eat out. <laughs> oh, but Jane, Al is right. We should celebrate. I know. I'll bake a cake. Irma, please, please, no. Uh, Not that you're a bad cook, but when most people bake a cake, no one can jump up and down or the cake will fall. When you bake a cake, we all have to jump up and down to get it loose from the stove. (laughs) Well, I have a new 
recipe, and I'm going down to the grocer's and get some flour. I'd like to make an upside-down cake, but I don't know how to spell happy anniversary backwards. <laughs> well, just spell it the way you always do, and you can't miss. <laughs> All right, I'll, I won't say goodbye because I'll be right back. I'll just say Auf Wiedersehen. That's German for Gesundheit. <laughs> Great kid, ain't she, Jane? Oh, I think so. Of course, so many people wonder how I can keep living with a girl who thinks President Hoover invented the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and the DDT is a doctor of dentistry and teeth. And that Seabiscuit was fish bait. <laughs> but then again, I've never in my life met anyone with a bigger heart, with a greater warmth and an honesty of character than Irma has. I agree with you 100%. Why do you think I want to make her my wife? That's because she's got a job. <laughs> only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Hello, Jenny and Al. Hello, Professor. Come on in. Thank you. Hi, Professor. Jenny, I hope you don't mind my stopping by for a minute. You see, the steam in my room is terrible. Steam? I didn't know you had steam in your room. Well, I haven't had it very long, but Mrs. O'Reilly just came up for the rent, and she found I couldn't pay her, so she started blowing off. <laughs> and I refused to stay in the steam room. Oh, Professor. Now, listen, Jenny. In the steam room, you get a massage. And Mrs. O'Reilly rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> Where is my darling little Irma? Well, she went out to some flour. That reminds me. If Irma's going to make a cake, I'm going to go to the drugstore and get something to go with it. Ice cream? No, bicarbonate. <laughs> I'll see you later. Ah, that Jane's a great little kidder, huh? And by the way, Professor, the girls are celebrating an anniversary. It was just a year ago today when they moved in here. Uh, and what a ray of sunshine those girls have been. When they first moved in, I was sick in bed. And then Irma came up. She rubbed my head, held my hand, and sang little songs to me. You know, to this day, I can't enjoy music unless it's off-key. <laughs> oh, hello, chicken. Back already? Oh, Al, look what I found on the street. A lady's handbag. Chicken... Anybody see you pick it up? Al, I don't like the way you said that. I told you I found it. I wouldn't think of keeping it. That would be dishonest. Chicken, you're in the clear. It's only dishonest when you find something before it's lost. Oh, Al. <laughs> we must find out who lost it so we can return it. A good idea. Let's open up the handbag and find out who is the owner. Okay, empty the stuff there on the table, Chicken. All right, Al. My, my, look at all the stuff a woman carries in her handbag. You know, it's the first five and ten cent store I've ever seen with leather walls. <laughs> oh, Al, this lady's handbag belongs to a man. What? Well, his name is right here on the watch, Ben Russ, probably short for Benjamin Russell. <laughs> no, chicken, let's, let's keep looking. My, my, look what she's got here. Hair nets, hair pins, hair dye, hair ribbons, hair shampoo. Well, we know one thing. She can't be a bald-headed woman. Now, <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's see. Cigarette case, lipstick. Uh-oh, this dame's a dangerous woman. Why, Al? She's got a driver's license. <laughs> and here's her name, Mrs. R.L. McLean. Gee, Al, look at all the money in this wallet. Yeah, and here's her address. Ardmore Towers... West End Avenue. Classy neighborhood. Probably wouldn't even miss the dough. Al, I'm surprised at you. Would you think of keeping this money? Uh, only for a charitable purpose. Chicken, did you ever hear of Robin Hood, the guy who took from the rich and gave to the poor? Yes. 
You think Robin Hood was a bad guy? No. You know anybody richer than Mrs. McLean? No. You know anybody poorer than me? No. <laughs> what do I have to do? Learn how to shoot a bow and arrow? No, no, Al, we must return it. Honesty is the best policy. Uh, don't you agree, Professor? Well, I can only talk from experience. Once I knew a poor street cleaner who found a wallet with $50,000. He took it home, and for three nights he couldn't sleep. His conscience was keeping him awake. Finally, he couldn't stand it any longer, so he took the wallet back to the rich man who gave him a reward. And he went home and slept like a baby. What'd he give him? Sleeping pills. <laughs> Is that the moral of the story? No, no. Then he overslept and lost his job. <laughs> you see, Irma? It doesn't make any difference, Al. We must return the money. Glad you came through, chicken. Was only testing your character. Wouldn't touch the money myself. However, if this Mrs. McLean is so rich, I'm quite sure there'll be a reward involved. So we have to handle it on a business-like basis. We gotta make her think we're rich, too. Then she'll be ashamed to offer us a small reward. Sounds plausible. What are you doing, Al? Well, her number's on the card on corner. Oh, hello, Mrs. McLean, please. Here, chicken, you talk to her. When I put on a high-class voice, they get wise too quick. But, Al, I don't know what to say. Well, say something ritzy. Uh, you were out walking your Pomeranian uh, because your butler was in the bath. You happened to glance in the gutter, and there was her purse. You got it? Got it. Hello? Mrs. McLean? Well, my Pomeranian went for a walk because I happened to glance in the gutter when my butler was taking a bath in your purse. <laughs> Holy chicken. Here, let, let me talk to her. Uh, Mrs. McLean. Did you lose your handbag? Oh, you did? Well, uh, will you please describe the reward? I mean, the, 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 the handbag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, that's it. Yeah, my fiance found the handbag, and we're prepared to surrender it. Yeah, yeah, it's sitting right here. Why don't you come down and bail it out? <laughs> oh, you're busy, but you'll send your secretary with the reward. Good, good. Yeah, we're at 8224 West 73rd Street. Oh, it's only a block away. Fine. Yeah, we'll be waiting for your secretary. Goodbye. Wonder how big a reward a dame like that'll come through with. Chicken, when she comes, I'll handle Hello? Irma, this is Jane. Oh, hello, Jane. Where are you? Well, I decided to pick up my cleaning, honey. Listen, has anyone dropped by from Richard's office? No way. Anything I can do? No, no. I better come home and handle it myself. Goodbye, honey. Goodbye. Gee, I forgot to tell her about the reward we're going to get. You don't have to. She's got a rich boyfriend. Oh, Al, you know, I feel so good that we're doing the right thing. You see, Al, I want to be honest, and I want you to be honest, too. Then when we get married and have children, they'll be honest. Fine thing to look forward to, a family of street cleaners. <laughs> Speaking of street cleaners, I think I'll go up to that fifth-floor gutter I live in. Goodbye. <laughs> Pardon me, uh, where does Jane Stacy live? Oh, why, lady? Is something wrong? Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm from Mr. Rhinelander's office. I'm supposed to deliver an envelope here to him. Oh, I see. The apartment is 3B. Thank you. Come in. Hello, I'm... Sorry. I know. You're the secretary with the money. That's right. Uh -huh. I guess you know all about this envelope with $100. $100? It's it, it not the amount, chicken. It's, it's the thought behind it. Uh, we'll take it. Thank you, miss. And here's the handbag. Handbag? 
Well, nothing was said about a handbag. Just take it. Your employer knows all about it. Well, if you say so, I'll take it back to the office with me. Goodbye. How do you like that? Can't trust help. This Dame McLean sends her secretary, gives us the hundred bucks, and she don't even want to take the handbag back to her. Oh, Al, a hundred dollars of my own. Do you know what I'm going to do with this? What? I'm going to put it away for a little nest egg for us. Ain't interested in birds. Let's hatch it now, chicken. And now, Susie Swan sings to us. Listen. My advice, says Susie, you like this brand new kind of lather, so be choosy. Swan gives you beauty lather, rich as cream. Your skin stays soft as any dream, and fresh as dew. I swan, do you? Says Susie. Yes, Susie Swan, and what a bath you get with Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather. Why, it makes every bath a real pleasure. Sure, it's a pleasure the way Swan's new kind of beauty lather feels against your skin. So soft, so gentle, soft as a cloud. And it's a pleasure, too, the way white floating Swan cleanses your skin. Gently, yet so thoroughly, you step from the tub with your skin fairly glowing with cleanliness. And you love the way Swan's new kind of beauty lather rinses away. So completely, your skin doesn't feel all over-soaked. Instead, it's left radiantly fresh. And ladies, no other soap gives you this wonderful new kind of beauty lather because no other soap has Swan's exclusive super-creamed blend. So make your baths a real pleasure with Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather. But when you're in a hurry to get home, the distance always seems twice as long. Maybe I'm being a little overcautious, but I'd like to be home just so Richard's hundred dollars won't fall in the hands of Irma and Al by mistake. Gee, a hundred dollars. Wonder what Richard's going to use it for. Take me out? Gee, as I walk along, I get a warm glow just thinking about him. What a wonderful guy. It's too bad he has such a limited vocabulary. Seems he just can't say, Jane, will you be mine? But leave here is coming, and so help me, I'm going to have a speech ready for January the 1st. I think I'll rehearse it right now. Let's see, I'll say, good evening, honey. And then I'll say, sweetheart, will you marry me? Sorry, lady, I already got five kids. Try the other side of the street. <laughs> Excuse me, I I'm sorry. Well, after that, I stopped talking out loud and hurried home. I opened the door and called Irma. Irma! Well, they're gone. Well, I guess I'll just wait around until Richard's secretary arrives with $100. Well, here's the bank, Al. I think I'll deposit my $100 reward. Chicken, I'm a little disappointed in you. I, I didn't think you'd be so cruel. Yeah, you know what they say, your best friend is the dollar. Well, is it right to take all those nice friends and lock them up like criminals? <laughs> Gee, Al, I, I never thought of it that way. Well, what do you think I ought to do with the money? Well, Chicken, if you really want to look at it honestly, that hundred dollars isn't yours to keep. It's yours to enjoy. Its purpose is to reward you, to make you happy. 
Now, does going out with me and having a good time make you happy? Yes. There you are. And you figured it all out by yourself. Oh, yes, Al. You know, when we think together, we're a great team. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a Svengali and Trilby. Huh? Uh, what I mean, chicken, is I lead the way and you back me up. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> Oh, sure. You're the engine, and I'm the caboose. <laughs> Choo-choo, chicken. Get out that hundred bucks, and let's go. Come in. Hello, Jane. Oh, hello, Richard. You're a little early. Your hundred dollars hasn't arrived yet. Well, that's funny. I called the office, and they said Peggy left with the money over an hour ago. Oh, well, well, it could have been delivered while I was out, but I don't see it anyplace, and I know that Irma wouldn't take anything that wasn't hers. Well, Jane, maybe I'd better go back to the office and check up. Richard? Why are you staring like that? What are you thinking? Uh, oh, nothing. Don't uh, lie, Richard. You're thinking exactly the same thing I'm thinking. <laughs> Where do Irma and Al fit into this thing? Oh, now, please, Jane, I'm not making any accusations. It's just that, well, while I'm generally nervous when they're around, but... Well, when they're not, I get panicky. <laughs> oh, Richard, do you think Irma would take money that doesn't belong to her and spend it? Oh, of course not. Why, well, but... come in. How do you do? I'm Mrs. McLean's secretary. Yes? I've come for the handbag. I beg your pardon? The handbag. My employer described it over the phone for you. She did? Of course. Now, may I have it? This may come as a shock, but I don't know what you're talking about. My dear young lady, I'm here to claim the pocketbook you found and give you the reward. Now, where is it? R Richard, would you please tell us? Oh, that I don't... you don't have to tell me anything. I know what's happened. You had a change of heart. After looking at the contents of the bag, you decided to keep it. Well, it won't work, lady, and that goes for your accomplice, too. I beg your pardon. And I'm going to sit right here until I get that handbag. <laughs> There she sits, one eye on me and one eye on Richard. I don't know how to describe the expression on her face, but she could very easily be Peter Laurie with a wig. <laughs> what this is all about is just beyond me, and to top it off, I'm beginning to feel guilty. And Richard is shifting from one foot to the other and looking at me as though I'm a criminal. I'm trying to look back at him as if I'm not. Oh, Irma... Irma, wherever you are, won't you and Al please come back? We're trapped by Sitting Bull. Please come in. Oh, hello, Peggy. Oh, hello, Mr. Rhinelander. I've been trying to get in touch with you. Why? Well, I don't mean to be impudent, but does this handbag belong to you? I should say it doesn't. That's the handbag my employer sent me for. So you didn't know anything about it, huh? Now, just a minute, madam. I... Pardon me. Am I intruding? Oh, Professor Kropotkin... Oh, a professor, huh? You people have a better setup here than Murder Incorporated. <laughs> Please, uh, uh, Professor, can't you help us clarify this thing? You see, this woman accuses us of stealing somebody's handbag, and Richard's hundred dollars are missing, and I... I uh, professor, I don't like the expression on your face. <laughs> I feel a little sick. Jenny. Wait until you hear what I have to say. You'll have a relapse. <laughs> Here, lady, take your handbag. Now you're being sensible. Goodbye. Professor, if you know anything, please tell us. So, Janie, it's simple. One, Irma found the handbag. Two, somebody brought her $100. Three, she thought it was a reward. Four, she's out spending it with Alf. 
Mr. Rhinelander, I'm awfully sorry. No, it wasn't your I... fault, Peggy. You go on back to the office. I'll see you later. All right. Goodbye. Oh, really? How could Irma make such a mistake? Janie, please, don't be so shocked. It's not such an impossible mistake, considering the fact that Irma has always believed the Flatiron Building is a place to take her laundry. <laughs> yeah, but, Professor, it's Richard's money. No, that's all right, Jane. It's just one of those things. No, no, Richard. The money was delivered here, and it's my responsibility. And besides, when Irma finds out what she's done, it'll just break her heart. Richard, we've just got to stop them before they spend it all. Well, where do we look for them? Simple. Where would any normal person go? I don't know. Well, all we got to do is to find out where any normal person will go, and we'll go in the opposite direction. Gee, let me think a minute. Let's see, there's the opera, the art museum, Carnegie Hall, and... Of course, Coney Island. Come on, let's go. Oh, Al, that was fun. I just love the merry-go-round. Let's go around again. All right, chicken. The night is still young. Sure, Al. We haven't even started to spend my hundred dollars yet. <laughs> well, Richard, Coney Island's an awful big place. Where do we start? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Well, let's ask that man by the scales. Uh, uh, pardon me, mister. Oh, sorry. We don't guess ladies' weights anymore. Them long skirts is throwing us. Oh. Well, I, I don't want my weight guest. I want to know if you've seen a blonde girl with a fellow with shifty eyes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, come to think of it, I saw him get on a merry-go-round. You did? Yeah, I remember because most people look dizzy when they get off. She looked that way when she got on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's her, all right. Come on, Richard. We're on the trail. Richard, I think we've picked up their trail. I'll give you two to one that Irma just left the archery range. How do you know? Four people just walked by with arrows sticking in them. <laughs> Come on, let's ask the man here, right here at the refreshment stand. All right. Oh, uh, pardon me, sir, but did a blonde girl and a fellow in a gray suit stop here for refreshments? Refreshments? Ten bottles of root beer, six mission orange, three seven-up, five hot dogs, three hamburgers, and two taffy apples. All that? Yep. Now, let's see, what did the girl have? <laughs> never mind, never mind, that's them Come on, Richard Oh, no, oh, look, there they are Going into the crazy house Let's hurry Oh, Al, isn't it fun here in the crazy house? These tricky mirrors are a scream Look how skinny I look <laughs> And you look so fat and sloppy I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry, lady. I, I thought it was looking glass. <laughs> Come on, chicken. Let's try the echo chamber. Oh, it's so dark in here. Yeah, watch this. This is Al. This is Al. Oh, gee, let me try it. Hello. Hello. This is Irma. This is Jane. <laughs> oh, gee, I broke it. Chicken, I think your echo is being followed. Irma. Oh, Irma, thank goodness I found you. Oh, hello, Jane. Happy anniversary. Never mind that, never mind that. Before I explain everything, will you answer me one question? How much money do you have left of that hundred dollars? A hundred and two. A hundred and two? How come? Well, Al's got such a talent for counting out change. 
I noticed Irma doing something very strange, even for Irma. And I said, uh, pardon me for asking, but why have you put a compass on top of those cakes of swan soap? And Irma said, well, winter is here, Jane, and you know how birds like to fly south, and I don't want our swans to get lost. <laughs> well, Jane, no matter what Irma says, she wouldn't be without white floating swan soap for her baths. And there's plenty of reason why a lot of women feel the same way. Now, you see, Swan gives you a brand new kind of beauty lather. Yes, a new kind of beauty lather that's soft and rich, that you smooth onto your skin like whipped cream. A new kind of lather that whisks away dirt, leaves your skin glowingly fresh and clean. And Swan's wonderful new kind of beauty lather means a wonderful new after-a-bath feeling, too. Yes, your skin is left soft and smooth, not all tight and over-soaked. Because Swan rinses away so completely. So, how about trying Swan's new kind of beauty lather yourself? You'll like it for your bath. better than I expected. Richard has his hundred dollars back, and me, I'm in bed. And although the mattress isn't moving, I'm still spinning from that trip to Coney Island. Oh, Jane, you know, after Al and I left the merry-go-round, I went to the fortune tellers. Oh, you had your mind read? Yes, and then the man gave me my money back. I don't know why. <laughs> well, Irma doesn't know why, and Al doesn't know why, but you and I know why, don't we? <laughs> but we won't tell my friend Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. Folks, next Monday evening, tune in an hour earlier over most of these same stations for the Lux Radio Theater. And then stay tuned to listen to... Our friend, Swan. With my friend, Irma. Starring Mary Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Hans Conried was Professor Kropotkin. Mary Wilson can soon be seen in the Eagle Lion release, Linda Be Good. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every single drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. <laughs> It's news to sing about. Spry with Cake Improver gives lighter, finer, richer-tasting cakes than any other type shortening. For no other type shortening has Spry's marvelous Cake Improver. 
So for lighter, more delicious cakes that stay fresh longer, try... Spry with Cake Improvers. Spry with Cake Improvers. Tune in again to my friend Irma next Monday evening at this same time. This is CBS... The Columbia Broadcasting System. Those were the My Friend Irma episodes, The Fur Coat and The Reward, originally broadcast on June 13th and December 1st, 1947, on CBS Radio. I hope you enjoyed them. And be sure to visit us at anchor.fm slash old radio comedy podcast if you'd like to suggest a show for a future episode of this podcast. Please be sure to include your name and where you're from. I'd also like to take a moment to thank all you listeners for tuning in three times a week to the podcast and to everyone who has been leaving comments on our webpage. It's very much appreciated. That's it for today's show. Everyone stay safe and make sure you take the time to laugh whenever you can. Tune in next time for another great classic comedy radio show right here on the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. La, 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 la.